Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, we're back. Here we go again. It's a bunch of straight guys talking sports and whatever. So <laughs> what else can I say? Uh, been a, a fun week. I had a great week this week. I was school vacation all over the place as usual. Uh, eastbound and down, loaded up and trucking, as the song says, and we're all over the place. No CB radio, cell phones now. Uh, so, yep, we're we're here to hit it hard, and uh, some hit it soft. But uh, we will. Uh, <laughs> Sounds like a personal from, problem. Yep. Uh, we're going off the rails already, Tom. Here we go. We haven't even <laughs> inserted. Well, speaking of that. Before we get into emails, did anybody see the insert from last week with the Phantom clip? Did anybody see that from last week's episode? You gotta, you gotta. I did not. <laughs> you gotta go back and watch it. If you've seen it, you'd be laughing your ass off. So, uh, okay. I, I might, I might, I might have another one to drop in this week. It's gonna be like uh, vignettes leading up to uh, WrestleMania for for the Phantom. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. The Phantom is is a big fan of Brad. I didn't know that they served in the military. Desert Storm from 1991 through uh, 94 over in the Persian Gulf. So uh, yeah. they, they spent some time and money, obviously, over there. If you've seen the clip, it's great. Yeah. <laughs> we were hanging out for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Edward, before we get... Uh, Let's get serious for a minute. Can we get serious for a minute, Ed? We're always serious, bro. <laughs> so this week, there is no email. We did a very, very special interview. And uh, Ed, tell us a little bit about that with our lead-up for email. Well, first and foremost, this is brought to you by GoonGuard.com. GoonGuard, check them out. Best moth guards on the planet. Check them out. Check out Andy's screen right there. He's holding them up. They set up in the microwave in 10 seconds. Uh, use the promo code 1973. So uh, this uh, we didn't have we didn't get an email this week, but we did have an interview that we're going to set in here. Uh, this is with Gabriel Rose. Uh, he has type one diabetes, and uh, he is an up and coming football player in the Metro Chicago area. And uh, so he shared with us uh, his story about uh, fi- finding out that he had when he had when he got uh, type one diabetes and his journey up through his. Uh, through his sophomore year, and uh, it was pretty interesting. Check him out. Good kid. Uh, definitely, uh, you know, he's hanging and banging in the weight room, and uh, it was really it was really a pleasure to talk to, uh, you know, our good friend Dennis, his son, and and uh, share his experience with us. So we're going to drop that in probably right around. I'll throw it in there. There we go. So moving on, we're going to uh, get into some – a little quick sports talk before we get into Elimination Chamber talk and Dark Side of the Ring preview. Uh, Thomas, news on uh, coming out of Coyotes country. Not too good. Not He's, too good. I'm, I'm glad there weren't any cameras back in the day when we were going out raising hell because these kids are not very bright. This kid from uh, the Arizona Coyotes, Adam Rogiska, mistakenly posted on Instagram and it was apparently a video of him. There was some cocaine on the table. There was a uh, credit card on the table and then it panned back to him. And I don't know what the hell he was doing with the, I I don't know what the, but he's, they terminated his contract now. So he's 
out of a uh, two-year, $1.5 million contract that he had. And the, uh, the, the interesting thing is, is the league, the NHLPA has, I think, 60 days to file a grievance. And apparently they've already pretty much said they're not going to grieve it. So he's, he's in some trouble, I guess. Yeah, it's not the first time that they post on Instagram like that. Who was it? Uh, Who's Netsov? Uh, what was it, two years ago? Yep. And then there was the uh, cab incident, right, where the guy was uh, tearing up, uh, you know, saying that you know who I am and all that stuff. So, yep. Austin yeah. Matthews, I think. Uh, yeah, we, you got to blame the mustache and the fidget spinner for that. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I don't know. These guys need to uh, lay off uh, – the Yale that it seems to be uh, not a good thing unless you're trying to get ripped for training camp. I, I think it doesn't work for you, Ed. Well, I'm just going to say this and I know that Brad's going to, I'm going to, Brad's going to tag in at some point on this one. Look, all the great athletes back in the eighties were doing it. You know, I mean, look, <laughs> I mean, ultimate warrior. I mean, tell me, oh. I mean, you know, allegedly the man was, was doing what he was, you know, may or may not have been doing it, you know, I mean, some of those promos and that type of thing. To piggyback on to Tom, Tom, you're absolutely right. I mean, bottom line is this. Like, you know, it goes back to the old Herm Edwards thing. Think before you hit send. You know what I mean? Come on. You know what I mean? Like, like have half of, use half of your brain. I mean, even if you're coked out, don't hit send. Like, come on. Like, it, it doesn't make any sense. Like, you, you, have, you have a shot where I know that there's, that there's four of us here that grew up playing hockey and whatnot. Uh, and, you know, it would be a dream to play. It would be a dream to play in the NHL. And you're sitting there doing blow, and you're going to put it up on the internet? Man, you're stupid. I don't know. <laughs> I, I might be the minority here. I mean, it's 2024. Like, is is doing blow that big of a deal? You lose a whole your whole opportunity to play, like – Give him a two-week, three-week, four-week suspension. Bring him. It's cocaine, guys. This is this this is coming from a Dallas Cowboy fan who the Cowboys <laughs> notoriously allegedly had uh, a house that Jerry Jones paid for for the players back in the uh, Leon Lett and yeah. uh, Michael Irvin days to uh, party in. <laughs> Look, guys, it's cocaine. It's the most readily accessible drug in America. It's not a big deal. Jeez, what? <laughs> What part of the U.S. do you live in? Bro, anybody <laughs> can get Central? cocaine. It is so easy to get. Like, come on, man. It, Cocaine's one hell of a drug. Man, like, come on, dude. <laughs> cocaine and weed. Those are the two most basic drugs. Like, give me a break. I, I, I think he should be punished. I don't think he should lose his whole contract. That's ridiculous. Give my man a break. There's a, code of, there's a code of conduct though. So I mean he that when you sign your contract, it's in your contract. So I, I mean, know. I think it's dumb people in the military get kicked out for cocaine. Like it's cocaine. Give me a break. I'm with Brad. Ed, Ed, do you want to post uh do you want to comment about the uh, legal uh from the legal team? Do you have already have a uh, a note from the legal team yet on these uh, yeah, all of this stuff is all on allegedly, and uh, this is not personal, and uh, we were not held responsible for any comments or that these gentlemen have made or anything like that. Um, so, uh, yeah, you know. I'd like to apologize yeah. as your host for the comments made by uh, the crew and also by uh, Chris wearing that jacket. Thank you. 
Hey, this is my drinking jacket today, buddy. <laughs> what are you going to wear that jacket in case you fall down and get road rash? Exactly. There'll be some falling tonight, that's for sure. Oh. Uh, hey, oh, stay man. off the cocaine and blow. You might lose your spot on the podcast. I, I got a nice idea for my next TikTok with cocaine, okay? Oh, yeah. Hey, so, Tom, I... You are the you are the beacon of bringing us back to True North. The professor himself, you got to bring us back with this week's Tom Shitty Picks. Brought to you by the guy that loves the Boston Celtics and their record. Yes, their record. By the way, Scotty, uh, hold on, I have it here. <laughs> their record, forty-four and twelve. Your first place, Boston Celtics. Ooh, well, there you go. That's- and uh, cut here. That's our basketball. That's our basketball talk for the evening. Thank you very much. <laughs> Put a pin in it. <laughs> Tom oh, Shitty Picks is brought to you by Brock Street Brewing Company, located at two forty four Brock Street South in Whippy, Ontario. The brewery is home to a banquet hall, an on site restaurant, and a members lounge. Everything they brew, uh, brew is done in house, including sours, lagers, and vodka sodas. They have something for everyone. So if you're in Whitby, go check them out and tell them the 1973 podcast sent you. All right. So last week, I kind of nailed it with my pick, uh, Artemi Panner in, in the uh, stadium uh, game. He had uh, three points, had a goal, two assists, and uh, he got the game-winning goal. So this week, it's going to be an emotional game tomorrow. So I'm only going with uh, tomorrow's game Patrick Kane goes back and returns to uh, Chicago. First time since he uh, went to the Red Wings. So I'm picking Patrick Kane, I think, mainly because I think there are going to be a lot of tears coming from uh, the Phantoms house because he is a notorious Patrick Kane fan and Chicago Blackhawks. So he's going to cry twice because he's going to see Kane and the Blackhawks are going to lose. So uh, I think Patrick Kane's going to have the big game. And they're retiring Chelios' jersey, right? Yes, that's right. Hey, right. Tom, you you nailed two things on that pick. You nailed the coffin on me for my fantasy playoffs with that damn pick. <laughs> <laughs> he lit me up, and I literally got knocked out. I'm done. It's it's Tom's shitty picks for a reason. Not exactly. Chris, not Chris's uh, coffin picks. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, just this was the sponsorship available on that for you, Chris, though. I mean... Chris, you're going to go around to the funeral, brother. I mean, here you go. This is true. So, mm. uh, Tom, a couple of quick things. You know, we, uh, you can hold me to this one, okay? So I'm going to make some predictions like I did with uh, the Super Bowl. Hold on. Let me grab my pen. No. You, know, you know, I love to do this. It's going to be on the recording so you can look back. I'm going Lakers to win the uh, NBA title this year. <laughs> okay. All right, we'll go Boston Bruins oh. to win the Stanley Cup. You like that one? To, you're trying um, to jinx them. Okay. And I'm going to go baseball. I'm going to say the Dodgers are going to win this year. How's that sound? The Dodgers better win because the team that they've assembled on their pitching staff alone. But yeah, you oh, just figure out, throw it out there. Throw, you know how they say uh, manifest, throw it out there in the universe. And it'll happen. <laughs> oh, Elliot Friedman this week said uh, in his weekly thing, uh, his weekly column said that the Bruins have started to uh, open up, be a little more open to the idea of trading uh, Linus Elmark 
uh, no. they want to get a top six forward or a top four defenseman. Yeah, and and that, they don't have that, anyone. They don't have any draft picks to trade, so yeah, they got yeah. trade somebody off the roster. And that contract's dog shit that he has too. So. Yeah, I was going to say, what else can they do? They don't have much else to, to offer. If they want to make a splash, that's all they can do. And you know what? Fucking go for it. <laughs> go for it. Fucking go for it. Yeah. One last thing, Andy. We're not messing around today. Just go for it. Did, did you see, uh, AC, did you see the fight today in your Flyers game? Awesome. I, didn't know, I didn't watch it yet. I didn't awesome. watch the game. Uh, I am going to watch it as soon as the podcast is done. Delorier, not... I'll tell you, is Delorier and uh, I think the guy's last name is Remp, Rempe. Yeah, they uh, just brought him up. Yes, they had a wicked good fight. It lasted a good minute, and they were throwing some haymakers. Yeah, That and, uh, dude had a good six inches on him, too, and yeah, he, he, he was tossing him around. It, it, it looked bad on him anyway. <laughs> so uh, we'll, we'll put a cap in that, and we'll get to the heavy stuff. Ready for the bringing everybody for the heavy lifting this week. I got, I got, uh, before we get into the gist of the show, the Elimination Chamber, I'm going to drop in right here <clears throat> this week's cryptic message from the Phantom. So I'm going to drop it in right here somewhere, like right now. Yep. So, Bradley, let's talk Elimination Chamber. That looks like a very expensive belt. Lucas bought this with his own Christmas money. <gasps> I, honestly, that. I don't know how he gets so much Christmas money. Like I didn't get that much as a kid. You know and... why? I'll tell you why. All that cocaine in that house. Hey. <laughs> well, if we're snorting it, that money's just going up your nose. It's not like we're dealing it. You know. Um, but elimination chamber, I wish I could have had, you know, just one rail of cocaine because I had to get up at four o'clock in the morning to watch this mug because they broadcast live from Sydney or not Sydney, excuse me, Perth. Um, so we had to get up at four and for the better part of the uh, premium live events, it was pretty boring. I'm not even going to lie uh, as a necessary evil to get us to WrestleMania. So I understand it. The women's elimination chamber, I fell asleep. I think Good Becky field. Lynch won. Uh, women total, total snooze fest. Um, who, who, who watches wrestling for women, Brad? Yeah, it was not exciting. Cocaine. Um, yeah, yeah, we needed uh, uh, you know, a couple of rails of blow. We would have been into it. Even Lucas fell asleep. He, and, you know, Lucas is absolutely obsessed. He's the one that woke me up at 4 a.m. to watch it. Um, the tag team uh, title match, again, uh, you know, Judgment Day 1, it wasn't that exciting. Um, the men's elimination chamber, you know, spoiler alert, I fell asleep. <laughs> it wasn't that exciting. <laughs> Thank um, goodness for your reporting. <laughs> right? Uh, I woke up to watch McIntyre win it, and I was like, okay, that's, you know, we'll, we'll go with that. Rhea Ripley defended her title, and uh, guess what? Once again, I fell asleep. Like, it was not exciting. Um, I, I get it. We had to set that up to get us to WrestleMania. Uh, the the most exciting part of Elimination Chamber, in my opinion, was Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins coming out and having their interview with Grayson Waller, uh, where Seth Rollins, for like the fifth time, confirmed he was going to be in Cody Rhodes' corner to take on the bloodline, which seems more and more like a setup. Uh, I'm hoping he does a heel turn and reverts back to his shield, you know, days and takes – 
Roman Reigns side. I think that would be absolutely incredible. But also, Cody Rhodes challenged The Rock to a 1v1. So hopefully we see that. I don't know if they're going to save that for like night one and then night two is the title. Uh, I, I don't know what they're going to do. But he challenged them. And that whole interview with Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins is probably the most signed part of the limitation show. So it's it's pretty interesting off uh, this kind of blase setup for WrestleMania that going into one of the biggest WrestleMania draws that they've had, that there's not really a card announced yet. It's kind of all yeah. kind of still up in the air. Uh, they haven't even announced a Hall of Fame inductee this year. The The big one is usually right around Royal Rumble, and then they kind of filter in after that. So they, I don't know if the – uh well the Vince McMahon thing is kind of the transition is all new and it's like maybe he's the one that has the final say on the picks and now mm -hmm. it's not him anymore which is great because Triple H is the one that built the bridge to bring Bruno back built the bridge to get the ultimate warrior back in the fold he is he does do a lot of stuff that's best for the fans so I, I have faith in him that he's gonna kind of write that ship until he gets pinned for something that he overlooked or whatever, or gets fingered for knowing about things and swooping it under the rug. So that that's all coming. We'll, we'll get into that more towards the end of the show. So one of the things we like to talk about, we did it last year. We're talking Dark Side of the Ring, starts March 5th. So first episode should be right around the corner. Next podcast, or maybe the podcast after that, we'll start, make sure it's mandatory that we can at least watch an hour once a week. You good with that, Ed? So the first episode is John Tenta, Earthquake. Thoughts on Earthquake? You think that's uh, they kind of straying away from what the dark side of the ring is all about and going more like biography? Is that what they're doing? I mean, is there really a dark side to Earthquake? What, thoughts on that, Tom? Yeah, I don't know if they're going to go back to, I believe he, before he was in the WWE, he was in uh, Calgary, uh, the Stampede Wrestling. So I don't know, maybe there's something there they, they could go with. I really don't know much more than what we saw in WWE, but he there was it seemed kind of vanilla there. I don't know what, what kind of story they're going to have, but I, I think you're right. I think it may be more of a biography one. Yeah, he was a sumo wrestler too at one time before he got into, and he is originally from Canada, so... Um, we'll see. Uh, that they're gonna start the uh, the season off with with the earthquake episode. So we'll we'll see uh, how that goes. A uh, couple other ones. I got the whole list here. Um, Sandman ECW episode. What do you think? I was about to... Go ahead, Ed. I think that's gonna be awesome, man. We've myself, you, and Tom. We saw him live at the uh, what the uh, Waltham Armory. Right. I mean, he and Sabu and Taz, I mean, back when ECW was uh, all of a sudden, I remember Andrew called my my uh, my student apartment voicemail and left a voicemail and said, dude, you have to check this out and all uh, you have to check it out. And it was on at this time. And I remember coming home from the bars from college and flipping it on. And all of a sudden, everybody in my whole student apartment was like watching ECW. Right. Al Snow, all of that stuff, man. And uh, so I think it's going to be great. Uh, yeah, for, uh, Sandman, that should have a uh, kind of 
crazy story to it because uh, that's that's a that's a gimmick that just was totally built for ECW. I mean, I don't think that could ever work uh, with anybody else anywhere else than than there. And it's kind of it's a parody of itself now because when you see him, I mean, what what are you going to get from him? Uh, that his finishing move was like that Russian leg sweep thing with the cane and all that stuff. So it's like, you know. It, yeah. it, it fit the fit the narrative for that time of uh you know but it was i, I mean the thing about it is is that at that time you know what 1994 1995 1996 1997 98 that whole time period with ECW and that climb i mean it it was i mean for that point i mean it was a bridge from what you know WCW was and then when it, or more more towards like NWA stuff to WCW and that bridge to the Attitude Era in, in uh, WWE, you know, and uh, and then it really, really kind of like really exploded, and then they took over the WWE. Yeah, I, I think a lot of the stuff that a lot of mainstream WWE fans were seeing at the time were kind of subtle ripoffs from what ECW was doing. Stone Cold mm-hmm. with the beer drinking. I think he picked that up from when the Sandman was doing it before anybody really saw it. So there is, there's a little steal in a page or two. I still think the Triple H game gimmick was stolen from the franchise, Shane Douglas and ECW. Still, when you didn't have that grand platform, if nobody saw it, it's not stealing. So I, I guess that that's that episode could be all over the place. I like the episodes when they do them and the guy is still alive. I think it's kind of bush league when they do it after they pass away. It it kind of doesn't have the same feel when they're talking to a third party or or a son of or, or whatever. So, um, one I'm looking forward to. I think this one oh. could be really great. Sherry Martel, mm. great, great. One of the uh, in my book, one of the best managers of all time. Uh, Sherry does not get the due for how good she was. She was like almost. Her wrestling ability and her uh, being so hateable and over the top. And mm. I mean, look at look at the guys that she managed. She managed uh, Doug Summers and Playboy Buddy Rose. She managed Ted DiBiase. She managed Hot, Shawn Michaels, the Heartbreak Kid, first gimmick when he broke away from Janetti, Macho King, Randy Savage, Harlem Heat. Uh, who else did she manage? I know I'm missing somebody. It, it, there's somebody good in there that I'm missing too. But I mean, she was uh, the total opposite when she was with Randy Savage than Elizabeth was. Elizabeth was like that damsel in distress with this Mm. villain that you just wanted to see like George Steele steal her from, from him uh, to Sherry who was way over the top helping him, you know, she, and she would wear, they would put her in that stupid makeup that kind of made her look hideous she actually was kind of attractive at the time and then those stupid outfits where you know her ass would be hanging out and all that other stuff hanging off the cage and so that it should be a good episode and the way she passed away she passed away young uh she you know was battling uh some drug addiction so that should be great too uh tom here's one for you gentleman chris adams one of my boys from work class yes so there should be a lot of good stories with him because uh, he had that bipolar drinking personality that he was a great person when he wasn't drunk. 
But as soon as he got some drinks in him, he turned into a total asshole. Uh, one of the f stories that uh, they always talk about his uh, incident on the plane where he was arrested because he headbutted the flight attendant. So, uh, I mean, hopefully all these stories are told well. And Chris Adams, of course, his roommate was the one that killed him, shot him. So yeah, it, it's there's there is a really dark side to that story. So that's gonna be a decent one too. Um another one, Buff Bagwell. The saga mm -hmm. of Buff Bagwell. So I mean, it's gonna be worth a watch because he's <laughs> he's still around. Yeah, he's still on doing independent shows. Yeah, yeah. And he had yeah. like a Mr. Rogers gimmick for a little while where he was all clean caught and had mm. the polo shirt on. So I'm hoping that, you know, we get the buff is the stuff story. So fun fact about him, he was Missy Hyatt's neighbor in the development that they lived in. And she was the one that got him into wrestling with in WCW. So he was the handsome stranger in Global. Mm -hmm. Back in the day, if you remember Global Championship Wrestling, the tail end of what was World Class Championship Wrestling. So it uh, could be worth a watch. So, do you think that one is like a filler episode, or do you think there's going to be like some depth to it? I don't know. He's still alive. So, I mean, maybe yeah. it'll be like the Genetti episode, if you guys saw that one, where he's telling all kinds of stories. Mm. So it, it definitely, it, you know, you guys need to play catch up with some of those older episodes just so that we can... Mm -hmm. uh, have some stuff to talk about. Uh, great one. I don't know if this is going to be so much of a dark side as more of a biography. Holly Race. So when you talk about men's men, when wrestling was wrestling, he is a legit, after Haku, they talk about legit tough guys in, in uh, pro wrestling, and Holly Race was one of them. The, you know, mm -hmm. there was no way that you were swerving that guy and taking the belt off him if he didn't want to do a job for you. Um, mm -hmm. Story with uh, Holly Races, he used to drive like a thousand miles an hour with a case of beer and a, and a cigarette on the steering wheel while he was driving. And uh, I believe it was in the early 60s when he broke in, he was in a bad car wreck and killed his first wife. And it never changed the way he drove the whole time he was driving. It's just, they built them different back then, fellas. And uh, yeah. when they say guys were tough, there's a, a famous story about him. They were in a diner and uh, somebody called him phony. And he uh, picked up one, you know, those glass Heinz ketchup bottles back in the day. He cracked the guy over the head with the ketchup bottle. And he says, is that fake? You know, like oh, without without back back when you could be blackballed from working in the wrestling business if you didn't stick up for the business. And that's the stuff like when I see the stuff with the young bucks, how they almost like the name of their book is called Killing the Business. So I would love to see them pull their shenanigans with somebody that used to be like that. Just mm. you know, where they're laughing at it, you know, just because they had a trampoline set up in their backyard and that's how they learned and you know they were hottie boys mocks or whatever so holly race uh, i'm looking forward to that one so yeah, here's but, andy i think rick talks about harley at one time about actually making some dude's eye pop out a couple times oh yeah 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 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, those guys used to know how to pop eyeballs out like with a, like a fish hook to the eye and they would like fish hook it out and like leave it like that. So the guy was like all distraught until they popped it back in just old school things like that. Great story. Uh, stand on the, how they race thing. Stockade 83 where he dropped the belt to flare. Vince McMahon tried the night before to have Holly Race not show up at Stockade 83. And he was going to throw all kinds of money at him to bring the belt to New York and uh, him no show that first Stockade pay per view, which preceded WrestleMania by almost two years. But just everybody thinks WrestleMania was the first one, Stockade was the first one. And, uh, there was a snowstorm in North Carolina that Holly Race drove through just to be there, to be in the main event, to put Flair over for that title. And uh, he told him, he pulled him aside and told him, I'm here for you, you know, for for this. I, I, I'm here because of you for this. So Flair always tells that story probably absolutely better than I could ever tell it. So Holly Race, man's man, uh, they don't make him like that anymore. Uh, Another one that I'm really looking forward to because they hardly know anything about this guy, Chris Cole. Um, I guess there's a wrestling lore on this guy where uh, if you if you guys had a chance to see the trailer for this year's episodes, I don't know if you saw it, Tom. There's a scene. No. Of, uh, I guess Chris Colt was like a really good like worker, and he couldn't work sober. He always had to be inebriated and somehow. So there's a, a famous match that he had where he was inside a steel cage and he was on acid. And this is the seventies. And all he could oh. see coming over the top of the steel cage was giant tarantulas. <laughs> and he was like, totally like flipping out during, during the match. So if you get a chance to watch the preview for season five, it touches on, on all that stuff. Uh, so Chris Cole, I guess he was a roadie for Joe Cocker on the side so it's a whole that stuff I'm wicked interested in and the stuff that nobody ever talks about before it totally gets forgotten. If you're a wrestling historian like I I'd like to be, um, it's gonna be that that one's gonna be great. So speaking of a little Vince McMahon segue, Black Saturday. Tom, you know what Black Saturday is? Nope. Ed, Black Saturday. Okay, so when Georgia Championship Wrestling got uh, was in its transition period, Vince McMahon bought the uh, major part of that TBS time slot at 6.05. So they actually changed the wrestling without anybody knowing at 6.05 on a Saturday night from Georgia Championship Wrestling to, from with Gordon Soley to a WWF program. So you can go and find bootleg DVDs of, I think it was an eight-month run of WWF in the TBS studio, as you know it. And wow. what what ended up stopping it was people were so pissed because they were so used to seeing Gordon Soley for so many years that they actually were writing in to TBS saying, where is Gordon <laughs> Soley? Where's my NWA? I don't know these guys. They might recognize a guy. That used to be there, but they did that all the way till March of 85. So it was the summer of 84 to March of 85. Mm -hmm. So when Vince sold his share of to get that time slot back, 
he took that money and piloted it into the WrestleMania money. It's a yeah. true story. It's a true story. So there's a there was one guy that Vince couldn't buy his shares off of, and it was Ole Anderson. <laughs> so the funny story about Ole, and I would love to see him be on this episode, is the first time Vince McMahon met him when he was trying to buy out all of the territories, he met with Ole, and he says, hey, Ole, nice to meet you. I'm Vince McMahon. He goes, go fuck yourself. And he walked away <laughs> from him. So a year later, when he had already bought the time slot, and Ole was the only one that wouldn't sell him his shares to that, that time slot, he flies Ole up to New York. They're, they're meeting at a restaurant in uh, New York. Ole walks in, Vince McMahon's sitting there. He's He hadn't seen him since that last time. He walks in the restaurant, true story. Vince is sitting there with Linda, his wife. He says, hey, Ole, nice to see you again. This is my wife, Linda. She stands up to shake his hand. Vince is already standing up. He goes, fuck you and fuck her too. And he turns around and walks out. So, <laughs> and it, that He said, as Ole was walking out, he told him, you'll never work in the WWF. And that's why when they put the horseman in, they didn't put Ole in. So yeah, I'd Damn. love to I would love to see them get Ole. Grizzled old Ole Anderson on that episode. So that uh that should be good. Um that's another one I'm looking forward to because it depends on how they tell the story and, and who they talk to. And unfortunately, a lot of the guys have passed on. I think Jerry Briscoe was a uh a shareholder at in that time slot too. Jack's gone, but Jerry you know, he had a long run with Vince. He was one of the Stooges for years in uh, the Attitude Era. So that should be a good one. Uh, speaking of Vince McMahon, things are heating up, fellas, with the Vince McMahon saga. Mm. What do you got this week from the Vince McMahon saga? Uh, well, I mean, Bret Hart came out and spoke out a little bit. Uh, and, you know, for the most part, it's just kind of Bret Hart, I think, kind of venting some shit. And- there's a lot of bad blood there. And uh, but the the most interesting thing is Paul Roma came out, and I don't know where News Nation, what where does that even broadcast on? But News Nation keeps getting all these exclusive interviews. Uh, they had Ashley Musaro's friend, and now they had Paul Roma. But Paul Roma uh, alluded to a situation that was more despicable and more severe than uh what's going on right now with this whole saga. And I'm like, well. If you know what's up, like, unless some NDAs were signed, right? Like, how how are how are folks not obligated to 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 come forward? Um, uh, you know, and then you know Stephanie McMahon has been named as kind of like being in the know. So I'm like, why why isn't more stuff steamrolling? It, it's almost like if, if they don't find these folks to come out and keep talking about it, it's just kind of dying out in the news. And I don't want to see that. I want to see more. The, 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 you know, there's got to be something more out there than, than what they're feeding us. So, like I said, I don't know. There's some NDAs. Michael Bradley. What's that? I said, on to the next news cycle. That's what's going on. That Basically, it's like, you know, The Rock they, came back and people forgot, about, people forgot about what happened. You know, it's like. They, that's uh, why they were The Rock out there with Cody. Come on now. Yeah. It's a level of fun. Why do you yeah. think they, they did? Yeah, now, basically. Cycle, yeah. Come on. Um. I don't know. I, I I I'm a big conspiracy theorist, but uh, I, I also I, I'm thinking that I, I don't. If Stephanie McMahon knows, here's my deal, right? How does Triple H not know? 
He's fucking married to her. Sorry, Mama AC. I didn't mean to say that word. But Triple H, how does he not know? If she knows, if Shaman Mac knows, do you think Triple H didn't go to Thanksgiving dinner and have this conversation with Shane and, and Stephanie? There's no way. Like it had to, it's had to have come up. And as Triple H knows, Shawn Michaels knows. If Shawn Michaels knows, who else? There, you know. I think more people know. I think stuff's not being talked about, and maybe it's going through the legal whatevers right now. But I don't know, man. I I think there's definitely more to these stories, and it's I don't know if it's ever going to come out, man. But if do we want it to come out? Is it going to kill the WWE? You know, Brock Lesnar's already done. How many more people got to take a fall? You know. I think that uh, the whole thing is just uh, fear of uh, repercussion. If, if uh, mm-hmm. you know, if nothing gets done about it and somebody said something, then they don't want to worry about, you know, what what happens with whatever career they have left or yada, yada, yeah. yada. Um, I did see the Paul Roma interview. I had seen a longer version of that, him during a shoot interview talking about Jim Powers. And then I saw the Jim Powers clip where he talks about how, uh, you know, there was uh, propositions here and there from certain individuals that have passed away now that me and Tom have probably met in the past. And, uh, you know, if you wanted to advance your career, you could do it through the office, per se. And uh, this person, you didn't even have to really do anything. You just had to kind of just lay there tiptoe around how I say this and, uh, you know, let things happen. And then uh, you could advance your career. And it makes you wonder the guys that did really thrive there. Did they take that offer up? Because uh, I guess Paul Roman was saying that Jim Powell is what they never really got along, but he said that uh, he put a hard stop to it. And then when Jim Powell's, he didn't just say no. He went to the office and complained about it, and that's when both of their careers imploded. Tag team wise, in that young mm-hmm. uh, stallions, Tom. Uh, yeah, tag team. Yeah, and then Paul Roma ended up uh, having the run with Hercules, Power and Glory, which I thought was mm-hmm. bad for him, anyways, because uh, he always seemed like a, a heel, you know, persona. He had that New Jersey kind of kind of thing. Ahead, and then pretty, pretty wonderful also oh, no, with uh, no. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff. Yeah, terrible, terrible, terrible. And don't forget, he was in the Horseman, too. You can't forget that he was an official <laughs> Four Horsemen. And, you know, they had the uh, the B team, the Four Horsemen B team. Unfortunately, I I know Steve McMichael just went in the Hall of Fame, but he's in, on my Four Horsemen B team. I have to, I have to say that. Jeff Jarrett mm-hmm. also. Sorry, Jeff Jarrett. Uh <laughs> But, uh, you know, Chris, want to add anything to the McMahon saga? I mean, yeah, yeah. This stuff just leaves a big bad taste in my mouth. You know, as you guys know, I was a huge Vince fan growing up in the Attitude Area, watching the shit that he did with Stone Cold was just unprecedented. You know, huge fan. And I know that there was a supposed to be a documentary coming out on Netflix, I believe. I know they started filming that back, like, I think 2020 or something like that that's in jeopardy he's not in the new game that's you know what i mean so it's like it kind of sucks you know just seeing everything get ripped apart because of this but hey i mean 
what are you going to do? You got to, you got to get down to the nitty gritty, figure it out. And he, he's got to pay for it. Obviously, you know, justice yeah. will be served and the right thing is going to happen in the end. And that's, it's just too bad. Like I said, it's just a sour, shitty taste in the mouth for me. Yeah. I, I think that Vince has been a scumbag from way back and uh, being around that type of, uh, it, it, it almost makes you look at how vanilla they, their presentation presentation was like you know ice cream bars and selling to kids and and ever since we were, they were at disney when the nwa was wrestling uh mm. but the facade behind it all this stuff that they could never pin him on i think eventually i don't know there's the you're gonna event if you keep being like that eventually something's gonna stick i i mean am i wrong by that saying that or no, not at all. He's uh, he, I don't know. I I never thought that even looking at him with his Mister McMahon character and oh, did we all forget the Kiss My Ass Club? I mean, how who comes up with stuff like that? I mean, it's like right in your face. Everything they even, did. The Trish Stratus back like a dog in front of a comatose Linda McMahon. Remember all that stuff. Even back then, I thought that kiss my ass thing was weird. And yeah. then isn't it? Yeah. And then don't forget it was uh Lita and uh Edge, right? They yeah. they basically made him fake having sex in the middle of the ring. Yeah, yeah. That's what the rated uh superstar. Yeah. Oh yeah. So if if you were a parent and you brought your kids to that show, that's that you, you They'll be talking about that. Dad, remember the time you brought me and then this stuff went on and I had never seen something like that. And just, yeah, it's just, how do you, how do you, uh, oh, you know. so I watched a, uh, an interview with Chris Jericho the other day on YouTube and he came out and was talking about, you know, they asked, what's the craziest thing Vince McMahon ever asked you to do? And it was Jericho and someone else. They were like, well, you guys are just going to come out there and like drop your towels and like, be naked from waist down. And Jericho was like, no, we're not. And Vince was like, yeah, you are, dude. Like, I'm the boss, is what you're doing. And Jericho had to go in his office and be like, Vince, are you insane? It's a live event, 20, 30,000 people. You want me to come out here and drop my towel? Are you like, what are you on right now? And Vince finally was like, okay, okay, okay. Put a towel on, but have like new you know, briefs or whatever. But it was like, what, are you fucking kidding me? You want to have two men? Like, <laughs> I was going to have you guys do that for the 100th episode, but, uh, you know, yeah, now okay. I know it's a no-go. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. Put some blow out there. I'm done. No, I'm playing. <laughs> but this man used to come up with just the craziest stuff. And there was even uh, another one I watched. I forgot right, the name of the on Monday. The female wrestler, they told her, well, hey, uh, go into Vince's office, oil up your boobs, you know, put them in his face and like, you know, you're, you're going to get some some uh, some airtime. She was like, no, I'm not doing that shit. And, you know, so you never heard of it again. Right. But like the, the, the stuff he was writing and putting on the show that we thought was just part of the creative process. That was real life. <laughs> right. That's the wild yeah. thing. Yeah. Crazy. And, uh, you know, supposedly him and Linda had never been, you know, never been officially divorced, but they haven't lived together in like years and years. So makes you wonder if she 
she how did she not know all these years that he was like that? He didn't eventually turn into somebody like that. You must have seen the gradual, you know, oh, decline. Yeah, but she knew. She's a lawyer too, and she's you know run for office in Connecticut and you know all that other stuff. So I don't know. What, what do you think? Uh, wind this thing down this week or what? Yep. Everybody, yeah. Everybody's excited, including Chris. Uh, Look at Chris. Chris looks like Addie Lang on the Howard Stern show. Yes, he does. He does. Thomas, speaking of Addie, speaking of Addie Lang, speaking of Addie Lang, <laughs> bring, bring us home with some album of the week, please. All righty. This week's album of the week is brought to you by Purchase Street Records, which is located at 53 Pope's Island, Unit 2, New Bedford, Mass. You can also visit them online at purchasestrecords.com or on their Facebook page. Purchase Street Records is Southern New England's largest independent record store. Boom, right there. So a uh, couple quick uh, shout-outs from everybody before we uh, bounce this week. I know it's getting late. been a lot of uh, stuff going on. Uh, Ed, why don't you uh, start us off? Send us out on a positive note there. Well, let's see. I, I'd like to say thank you very much for Dennis and Gabriel for coming on on uh, on Thursday night. It was great to see Dennis and great to meet Gabriel and hear his story uh, about type 1 diabetes and how he is excelling in the football world with that. I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, Phantom, you still need to come on, brother. Chris, what do you got? Uh, yeah, my shout out will go to the Fairhaven Police Department because I'm going to run amok all over this town, pretty much every bar tonight. And it's going to be a great fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> Try not to fall down. <laughs> I'm safe if I do, buddy. I'm safe if I do. <laughs> you know what you need with that outfit is one of those World War One pilot helmets on <laughs> with the leather outside. Or... 1942. <laughs> Chris, you need one of those boxing headgear things on, like when you spy, just wear yeah. that out. <laughs> like Buddy Roberts from the Freebirds when they shaved his head. <laughs> Thomas, what do you got? Well, I want to give a shout out to my better half, my wife Kelly. She's been on vacation this week, and rather than going on any uh, exotic vacation, she helped me this week start putting the man cave together. This is just one side of it, and uh, the rest of this weekend, I think we're going to work on the rest, and the rest will be done. I'll give everybody a uh, a quick view when we uh, probably next week when we're done. It but uh, good. yeah, it's looks getting good. yeah. Ed, you could learn a thing or two, please. You can't um. see it, Andy. You, you can't see it in this picture. You're you're in one of these pictures up here uh, from uh, you and uh, the Phantom from the uh, the the uh, Flyers finals. Yeah, you know what you got to do is you got to blur out the Phantom's yes. face. You have yes. to do it like uh, the world title when Flair showed up in WWF. Yes. You have to do it like that, you know, you, the copyright purposes. <laughs> Bradford, what do you got? I want to say hi to Mama AC. Sorry your son said the F word three times on this podcast. I will teach him to do better. Uh, baseball season's back. Can't wait. Uh, it's back for us. We started had our first travel ball tournament started today. Um they lost uh, my, my my son's team. We lost both our games, so we got a little work to do. Uh, Lucas did great. Super proud of him. Um, 
he actually came in and showed me on his tablet uh, at the beginning of the podcast. He found us on YouTube. <laughs> So yeah. I hope he's I hope he's Dude, watching he's the episode. He's getting us over the top. Yeah, you know, he found the Mardi Gras episode, and I'm pretty sure me and Ed were both wasted on that one. <laughs> so oh, we, have, have... Uh, we have a junior fan club started. And Lucas is the president, so there you go. <laughs> well, well, someday we'll have all the kids on uh, in the in the yeah. caption, just adding to it. Uh, yeah, just uh, want to thank mm. everybody for for watching. Uh, people that are. Uh, new to the show or the people that have uh you know been watching since day one we we appreciate it i'd love to acknowledge everybody i'd love to have everybody on there's only so many squares we can fit in this zoom box before it starts looking too pixelated um yeah i just uh shout out to my mother that watches every week uh you know she trips me when uh when i see her she's like what is wrong with you guys there's something something bad happened uh, I want to know: Did her bushes ever grow back from back in the days when we 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 parked at her house and went out? Oh my god, Tom! <laughs> um, it's a kids' show, so I can't answer that question. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't want to know any of that stuff. Uh, I get what you mean. Uh, yeah, you guys used to throw the beer cans in the Abravites to hide them yeah. when uh, you know a lot of underage drinking. We'll have to. Uh, yeah, we'll have to save that for a deep dive. So I I would love to get her on here, but I think it would be a hot mess. It'd be funny as shit, especially after she's had a couple of glasses of wine, like on a Saturday. <laughs> It'd be hilarious. She would start telling these stories, and it would just go off the rails. You think it, it's bad with the Phantom Clips? Never mind with my mother on here. So mm. shout out to my mother this week. We all love you. Get her on the pod. Let's do it. <laughs> We'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, it's uh, it's all yeah. we got. <laughs>